Good morning. Welcome to the Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church Sunday School class. Uh, for those of you who are here in person, I say that not because I know you don't know, but a number of people listen to us online, and then they send our tapes out, so I want to make sure everybody knows that this is Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church and not some other one they might have stumbled on. <clears throat> we, we are beginning a new unit uh, today, and for the next three Sundays, um, we will be in the book of Daniel. So in your personal time in, of Bible study and reflection and uh, <clears throat> contemplation, spend some time in Daniel. I'm going to give you some uh, background this morning that will hopefully help you get put Daniel in context, but uh, make sure you spend some time there. Daniel, as you know, is a complicated, complex book if you don't know the word. But if you know the word, Daniel is very refreshing and very illuminating. And there are some hidden nuggets in Daniel that I think you'll like this morning. This morning's uh, lesson is in Daniel chapter 7. And so you know me, I can't start in the middle of anything. Uh, so I'll go back and give you some background. Perhaps we won't have to go through uh, as much of that next week and the week after as we study uh, this great prophetic book by this great prophet, Daniel. Uh, Daniel chapter 7, for those of you who are visiting with us who don't have books, God bless you, welcome. Uh, Daniel 7, the printed text is not <clears throat> 9 through 14, but we're going to go back up to 1 and come down to 14 just for purposes of context. Uh, and then we will uh, let you uh, rush out to get your mid-morning snack before our services begin at 9.45 or 10. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you this morning for grace and mercy and peace. We thank you for being our number one priority because we know that we are your number one priority. We know, God, despite everything we've heard and everything we've sung, that there is no line when it comes to you. We're not next in line. We're always at the front of the line because we're always beholding your face and you are always looking out for us. Thank you, oh God that we don't have to have a reservation to see you. Thank you, O oh God, that we don't have to email you to see if you're available. Thank you, O oh God, that we don't have to get on your schedule through your secretary or your executive assistant. Thank you, O oh God, that we don't have to have money to see you, that we don't have to have title to see you, but we can call on the name of Jesus. So here we are this morning just calling on the name of Jesus. Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. This morning, God, we pray that you would bless us with such things as you see us standing in the need of. Bless our health, bless our wealth, bless our physical bodies, bless our mental stability, bless our children, bless our spouses, bless our friends, bless our relatives, bless this church, bless Bishop Shields, bless Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church family. Bless us, God, like never before. We need your blessings in our country that is divided like it was during the 1860s. God, we need your help this morning. But we know God, and we rest on your promise that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will you hear from heaven. You will forgive our sins, and you will heal our land. We ask you now, God, in that pipeline of blessing to do that for this our country. Bless our state, God, for even in our state, 
people have to continue to want to go backwards instead of forwards. Even in our counties, even in our cities. Oh God, but you're the God that answers prayer. So we lay ourselves prostrate on the altar this morning, asking you to bless. God, first, we want you to know we ask you to forgive us for every sin we've committed by word or deed. Now, God, bless and keep us as we study your precious word. Oh, God, your word is a light unto our feet, a lamp unto our feet, God, a light unto our path. So, God, illuminate and enlighten us now. Let us find something out we didn't know before because we know your word is re refreshed and renewed every day. Now, God, bless this class. Bless the teacher. Bless us as we study. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, in the book of Daniel, uh, chapter number 7, where, we, where, where the lesson begins or the unit begins. But let me uh, back up a minute because I know a lot of you have at least a passing familiarity with Daniel. But that passing familiarity with Daniel is really more focused <clears throat> on the miracles in Daniel rather than about Daniel the man. And so uh, Daniel uh, was an Israelite and the children of Israel, and this is going to shock you, for whatever reason, were not being obedient to God. Does that shock you? And because of that, God allowed them to be overrun, overtaken, invaded by the Babylonians, which we would call the Iraqis or the Iranians. So the Babylonians went down into Israel, sacked the city of Jerusalem, set it on fire. They took back to Babylon with them only certain of the Israelites, the more particular of those young people who showed great promise. Those who were, they say fair, uh, they didn't mean light-skinned, they mean those who, were, who showed great promise. Um, this, this, this historical narrative is important because you'll find out that as they were leaving Jerusalem, as the children of Israel looked back, the gates were set on fire, and they mourned that they lost this great thing God had given them. Therefore, you will find when you get to Psalms 137, where they got over to Babylon and the Babylonians said, tell me if this doesn't sound familiar to you, said, we heard y'all can sing really well. We heard y'all can dance and buck dance and do great things. Sing some songs for us. And the children of Israel said, we hung our harps on the bushes, how can we sing songs of Zion in a foreign land? That's the reference in Psalm 137. I, I told you before, you can't study the Bible without studying the Bible because it's all interconnected. You won't ever understand Daniel, the book of Daniel, unless you read the book of Jeremiah and the book of Ezekiel. Now, Daniel himself, uh, the, uh, uh, his, his, the meaning of his name is God is my judge. Now, Daniel was taken to Babylon when he was 16. He was 16 years old when he went to Babylon, and guess what happened? They, because he was so smart, they sent him to the finest schools in Babylon. Now, here's why this is important. You don't see any reference in the word to who Daniel's parents were. But I must assume, based on what Daniel did, that his parents taught him the word of God as they had it then. Because at 16, 
He is separated from his kinsmen, separated from his parents, and goes away to Babylon, and then they put him in the finest schools in Babylon. Let me just tell you, in Babylon schools, they're not teaching Yahweh is God. They were teaching about a, 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 they had multitudinous gods in Babylon. They did not worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Something that the parents of Daniel put in Daniel made Daniel stand up under all that teaching and pressure and still worship God. That's important for all of us who send our children away. Sometimes we think, because sometimes they come back brain damaged. I don't know if you know, they leave home with a perfectly good brain intact and come back with a leaking brain. You, it's possible for people to go away who know God and come back with that same faith in God. The other thing you learn from the book of Daniel, uh, because Daniel began to stand for God early. It's never too early once you get about, about past age 12 for you to make a qualitative decision that God is your God. And in our case, that Jesus is his son, died and rose again. Not too early to teach that and to teach it in such a way that even if they go away and even if they go astray, they know how to come back because you've put in them the, 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 the love of God. I, I really do grieve that our children, younger children here at Hopewell and other places, don't go to Sunday school more. Don't come to Sunday school. Don't get involved in knowing the word because you got to have some foundation when you go off to college and you start hearing all this foolish philosophy because it is very enticing because they make it sound so good. And it gives you an excuse to sleep late on Sunday because they say, what you going to church for? What church going to do for you? And our kids will fall for that. So anyway, so Daniel... Um, now, and here's what I like too. It also matters who your children hang around when they go away. Daniel had three friends. You've heard of them, Shadrach, Meshach, and that big Negro. I mean, Abednego. <clears throat> and all of these young boys all decided they were not in a fraternity. They were not in a sorority. They were not on a football team, basketball team. They were not on a debate team. They decided as little children who came out of a probably a little small synagogue and said, we're going to stand from God no matter what. Somebody said, now let me just explain to you what you just said. That might require your life. And the three of them said, young boys said, well, God is God. I can't do anything about that. And so you all know the story that because of that, what we refer to as the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were thrown into a fiery furnace because they refused to bow down because God was their God. It's one thing for you to say you're a Christian, but it's another thing on the penalty of death. I don't know that I could do that. I'd like to think I could, but I could be fooling myself. You might be fooling yourself. I'd like to think I would. I've never been tested to this extent. We, we think well, we go through on our job because people look at us crazy and we, we think that's bad. But that's not having your life required of you. If you don't say you worship this particular God, we're going to kill you. And the boy said, well, do what you got to do. We're not careful to ask you in this matter, O king. But if God wants to save us, he will. But let me just tell you this. If God doesn't deliver us, just so you and your mammy know, we will not bow down. 
This Daniel. I'm, I'm impressed with this Daniel. Uh, and then you find out uh, that he was a prophet, but he wasn't in the office of prophet. So there are others who are in the office of prophet. Isaiah, Ezekiel, Zechariah. Daniel is not in the office of prophet. He is a prophet because that's what God called him to do. May I hit pause and tell you something? You don't need a title to do what God wants you to do. Amen. People don't have to stand up when you come in the room Amen. in order for you to do what God says for you to do. You are in your, within yourself. You are the church. Everywhere you go, right? Grandma will tell you that. Let your light shine around my neighborhood. Let your light shine. So don't wait to be called up front. Don't wait on a title. You be a light wherever you are, and people will be drawn to you. There's something different about you. I know something about you, Sister Jackson. You're not the same down here in the government and on, 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 a, on Ted Turner Drive. You're not. You're different. You're different, Miss Gracie Jackson. You're different in the grocery store. You don't tell people off because they happen to grab the last five pounds bag of sugar. Right? You don't act up because somebody cuts you off in traffic. What's different about you? And you begin to say, that, oh, let me tell you, I met a man. Like the woman at the, woman at the, at the, at the well said, I, she, she said, I met a man that told me everything. So, so he stood up. Now, the other thing about Daniel is he, didn't, he, did, not, uh, he did not aspire to the office of prophet. He, just, he was available. You want to know why your name's not in the Bible? Because you won't make yourself available to God. You just got to be available. You just got to be willing to do what God calls you to do when God calls you to do it. Daniel made himself available. Now, the other thing we know about Daniel, and we'll get into it today as we get into the lesson, is that Daniel dreamed dreams and had visions. Now, the word dream as a noun ordinarily means those unconscious thoughts you have while asleep, that's a dream. Sometimes uh, that's based on what, you, what, you, what happened during the day, why you have a dream. Sometimes you have dreams and what we call nightmares because you wait to 10 o'clock to have your cornbread and buttermilk and some collard greens and you know better because <laughs> you can't do now what you did 20 years ago and you're fighting all night in the bed and the, the cover's everywhere. That's a dream. But don't come to church and tell us about that dream. So dream as a noun is just that. Dream as a verb describes a thought that you have about a, a particular matter. So, I, so when you say to somebody, I, 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 I'm dreaming of a time when I'm debt free. I'm dreaming of a time when I'm cancer free. I'm, dreaming, I'm th thinking about it before it comes to pass. All right, that's also a dream. So Daniel was a dreamer. But Daniel also had visions, plural. Visions are not the same as dreams. Visions are God-inspired, and if it's for the plan of God, he will then allow you to, to, to dictate to other people, or excuse me, to interpret for other people this vision. Most of the time, a vision is not for your benefit. Okay, When you see people that all they talk about is stuff that's happened that God has told them about them, there's really no reason to tell you that. <laughs> right? 
the vision that's for the people comes through a prophet or through someone with that gift. Now, Paul says in, in Corinthians that we ought, to, we ought to desire the gift of prophecy. Now, don't get spooky on me and think that prophecy is only about somebody who can, you know, call you out in church and say, oh, uh, Brother Cottrell, uh, hmm, I'm getting a, hmm, uh, you're having some problems in your body, hmm, around about the third clavicle. Yeah, at, at, at our age, all of us having problems at the third clavicle. If you're not, you'll have it tomorrow. It's sleep funny. That's not prophecy. That's not prophecy. That's prophet C. P-R-O-P-H-I-D. You're just trying to get my money. Daniel never wanted this mantle. He didn't go to God and say, make me a dreamer. He didn't study it for it, right? Daniel just wanted to do his job. Watch what, how God takes care of people. When you hear about, by the time we get to chapter 7, really, when you hear about Daniel in the lion's den, have you all heard that story? Yeah. Daniel is 80 when he goes in the lion's den. Think about that now, because some of y'all are already ready to retire and not do, ever do anything ever again, and, you know, God got to get somebody else because I'm through. No, 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 no. He's 80. Guess how old Moses was when God called him to the ministry? 80. Don't start, you know, it's not time to retire, it's time to refire. From young person, 16 to 80, God is using Daniel and Daniel is making himself available. Daniel could have said, God, get somebody else, I'm tired. I've, 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 I've been doing this for, I'm, I'm tired. But he did, why? Because God can use any of us and I want to inspire you seasoned saints. <clears throat> Be looking for that next frontier that God has for you. Your ministry might be on your couch, on the phone, calling to encourage people. You ain't got to necessarily leave the house. Your ministry might be emailing people, but just be available and know that God can use you no matter what your age. <clears throat> Daniel is a real prophet. Jesus identified him as a prophet in Matthew 24 and 15. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here we go. And in Mark 13 and 14. Um, when Daniel left home, he traveled some 900 miles away when he was 16. So he's a, he's a long way from home, so the parents can't drop in and check on him. Like we used to do and, you know, surprise people. Hey, I just stopped by the school. Oh, Lord. Uh, uh, so he's a, he's a long way. Um, nine out of the 12 chapters in Daniel revolve around dreams. Now, what is it that distinguishes the dreams Daniel is having and was having from dreams other people have? Daniel understood that he had a special dispensation <clears throat> because we all have dreams. And sometimes in those dreams, they appear sometimes even horribly real, right? Because, by the way, you should know this from a <clears throat> psychological, um, physiological standpoint. Anything you've ever seen from the time you're conscious until you die remains in your brain. There's not a single thing you've seen, experienced, that does not still in your brain. Your brain 
is the only computer that retains every micro bit of data that's ever come through your eye gate, ear gate. Okay? So that's why sometimes you will be in a dreamlike state and remember clearly something that happened when you were 9 or 10 years old. You can see yourself. You can see the clothes you have on. It only lasts for a brief second. Your brain does that. And I don't know if you know this, but every day when you go to sleep, your brain is programmed to replay everything it's seen that day. It's, it's pre-programmed by God. Everything that seen. So sometimes you'll see yourself in the middle of the night saying, I couldn't remember something. You think about something that you thought you'd forgotten. Because your brain is programmed like that. <clears throat> in Daniel's case, Daniel decided to do something that most people don't do. Go back to Daniel uh, in your Bibles. Go to Daniel 1.1. 1, 1, and you'll, you'll see this. Um, uh, for, first, what Daniel does is he makes a decision very early about his commitment. Daniel 1 and verse um, eight. But Daniel, this is after he's been taken away, purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. So please notice that Daniel made a decision to obey. Say decision to obey. Uh, that, that, they, weren't, they, they weren't going to send him back home if he said no. But Daniel said, I'm making a decision. I'm 16, but I know better. I'm 16, but I've been taught a certain way, and I'm going to stick with that. And, and so Daniel begins his life of service in a foreign land, in a foreign country, on the principle that I'm going to stand by what God told me to do, no matter what it costs me. I like Daniel. Because he, he's this, this, this early. I don't know if he was married, because the Bible doesn't tell us. I don't know anything about his parents. I mean, I know David was the son of Jesse. I know Joshua was the son of Nun. I know Joseph was the son of Jacob. But Daniel's resume, not there. I say that because some people think that children only turn out a certain way because their, their parents are successful. That's a lie. That children only turn out and can do great things because their parents did great things. That's a lie. Some children turn out despite their parents. Right? Some people turn out well despite their circumstances. And you want to read a, meet a really sweet, committed kid, <clears throat> sometimes meet one who's been through a tough time. And those are the very ones <clears throat> who will do things you've, you've never thought they might do. So I like Daniel. Um, Daniel, uh, uh, once he makes, takes a stand, uh, he becomes a little bit like Moses and Joseph. Look at how God rewards faithfulness. Moses went to the court of Pharaoh, but stuck to being God's person, ended up being almost in command, leaves and comes back to lead the people. Look at Joseph. Joseph stands for what he believes in, and he also gets elevated to second in command in Egypt. And Joseph was also what? A dreamer. Daniel, like them, has that same pattern 
where I'm going to stand for the Lord no matter what, and God elevates them. Um, some people get a little concerned about Daniel because the book of Daniel is really more uh, apocalyptic in its view, but that's just because people don't understand the whole circle of the Bible. <clears throat> so don't get too out of sorts about the fact that there's a lot of ap apocalyptic, can't talk this morning, ap apocalyptic uh, uh, views in the book of Daniel. It's all going to come full circle, hopefully, if the Lord allows us to teach it uh, the right way. Um, of the 2,000, this is something I found out, of the 2,930 Bible characters, Daniel is the only one and Jesus of whom nothing negative is ever recorded. 2,930 Bible characters, nothing negative is ever. What a legacy that Daniel leaves. That, that's something for him to be proud of. His life, if you're taking notes about Daniel, <clears throat> was characterized by faith, prayer, Courage, consistency, and get this, lack of compromise. He would not do it. He did not succumb to what we now call peer pressure. But see, if you are trying to pressure me into doing what's wrong, you really aren't my peer. To teach your children that. Those aren't your peers if they're trying to pressure you to do what's wrong. They're just folk you ran into in your life for a season, and you can go ahead and turn the page and set the clock back. Uh, last thing, I had a couple of other notes I wanted to... Oh! <clears throat> Daniel also, in his book, uh, deals with both uh, Israel's circumstances and situations and Gentiles. It's the first book in the Bible that deals with both Jews and Gentiles, which means God always had you in mind. Always, because the only reason Daniel would give us a <clears throat> preview of what's going to happen to the Gentiles is because the Gentiles fit in the plan of God. If you didn't fit in the plan of God, you wouldn't be in the Bible, but you are. Okay? All right? Um, 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 Daniel mixes, as he writes, some Greek with some Aramaic, and I like the Aramaic because Aramaic is the language that Jesus spoke uh, and it makes some scholars, i just tell you this in case people knock on your door early on Saturday morning and want to debate. Have some scholars say, well, Daniel couldn't have been written when it was written because it's an Aramaic. Well, the Greek influence that they got from Africa, Black History Month over? Okay, anyway. The Greek influence which they got from Africa was all over the world because the Greeks were all over the world. And it's not weird that you would find some Aramaic language in Babylon where Daniel was right. Okay, all right, now, uh, let's go to, to, to Daniel 7, and I'll try to finish the lesson. I'm sorry for that long background. Was that beneficial to you? I just want you to understand um, where that's coming from because sometimes we look at these Bible characters as if they are supermen and superwomen. No, they just made a decision. You just got to make a decision. I'm not going to do that, right? Or I am going to do that. I'm grown, right? But you don't blame on anybody. But they make you make a decision and you stick to your, your guns. The other thing I want to tell you is, don't let anybody, um, this is just, this is free. Don't let anybody knock you off of your anointing. Um, 
Don't let anybody try to trick and tell you that you aren't who you say you are and that you, God is not going to bless you. And you stick to your guns, right? You, you be you. You're the best version of you that will ever be. And all these other haters, just ignore these people because they don't have a heaven or a hell to put you in. You got to be you. You got to be comfortable in your own skin. Okay, that's free. All right. Let's look at Daniel 7. Uh, we'll finish this up. Okay, you still with me? I'll go back and make sure I didn't miss. Uh, I get excited sometimes because y'all be pushing me and I miss stuff. Okay. All right. Daniel 7, and please read the first six chapters of Daniel so you have some context. Daniel 7, 1. What, what, what we're going to see here today is Daniel's vision of four beasts and the ancient of days. But uh, by way of a little bit of historical data, let's look at this. Verse number 1 of chapter 7. In the first year of Belshazzar, a king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and he told the sum of the matter. Watch this now. You will notice that Daniel is the author of this book, but he's writing in the third person. He's writing in third person because he wants you to understand as far as he's concerned, he's an instrument, a tool of God. This is not about Daniel. He steps outside of himself to talk about himself as an instrumentality being used by God. We have to, when we teach, when we evangelize, when we witness, you got to step outside of yourself. This is not the gospel according to uh, Sister, Sister Susan. This is the gospel according to Jesus Christ. You have to step outside of yourself when you're sharing the gospel. Because a lot of us like to use ourselves as the example. May I tell you without offending you, that's a bad move. <laughs> Try to keep the focus on Jesus because you, as, as, as cute as you are and wonderful as you are and how, whoo, great, great as you are, not the standard. Okay? I like you, me personally, but you're not the standard. So Daniel writes in the third person about himself because he doesn't want to be about him. He's saying, this came to Daniel as a vessel being used by God, nothing to do with me. I don't have this ability on my own, all right? Because people can't see into the future. I don't care what Miss Cleo told y'all. I had a problem with Miss Cleo because, you know, you got to call her and get your reading. I'm thinking, well, if you're a prophet, why don't you call me? Why am I calling you? I can call anybody I can call. Uh, there's a special about Miss Cleo, by the way, on, on Netflix. You ought to watch it. Tricked a lot of people. You know why? Because people really get into dreams and the interpretation of dreams and will pay money to have somebody interpret a dream they didn't have. Remember what's different here about Daniel and Joseph. These dreamers is that they never ask. They tell you what you dreamed. Because God says, hey, so-and-so just dream this. Go tell him what it's about. And, 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 and also, by the way, these other experts, the Miss Cleos of the world, were present in the Bible. The Chaldeans, the magicians, you see it throughout the Bible. They could not interpret the dream even after the person told them what they dreamed. Right, now, you're, you're a pole dream interpreter. 
If your job is to interpret dreams, and I bring you in and tell you to don't don't dream, and you stand there looking stupid. Right? But Daniel and Joseph both could both interpret dreams and not only that could tell you what you dream before you told them what you dream. That's scary to me. I won't be nowhere around Daniel and Joseph. That's scary. He, he, Daniel did something that we don't do um, when you're using dream as a verb, and that is we don't write it down. Daniel wrote the dream. Now, you can't write down every dream. It doesn't mean anything. But in this particular instance, something about this dream he had caused Daniel to write it down. I don't know about you, but if you ever try to write anything in the middle of the night, it looks a little bit like hieroglyphics. I can't read it. I mean, right, you know, it's, it's upside down. It looks like Stevie Wonder wrote it. I mean, I can't figure out what I've written. But apparently he had the presence of mind. This impresses me. To be able to write down in clear fashion what he dreamed. And you find out later that he wrote it down correctly and was right. That's impressive. Because it's one thing for people to go around town and put a tent up and say, come to the meeting. I can tell you your dream. I can tell you who you're going to marry. I can tell you when you're going to come into money. All that stuff. But it's another thing to get it right 100% of the time. You cannot be like a weatherman if you're a prophet. A weatherman is 100% right 50% of the time. Okay? He's 100% right. 50%. To be a true prophet, you have to be 100% right 100% of the time. Right? Okay, watch this now. He said, um, um, he had a dream, notice, and visions. See the two differences, the two things, two nouns. He had a dream and he had visions. <clears throat> now this dream here, use his dream, is not when I told you where you're daydreaming, thinking about what could happen in the later on. This is a dream. Uh, uh, and this is about 553 B.C. So Daniel, uh, if this is the first year of Nebuchadnezzar's life, I'm sorry, of Belshazzar's reign, Daniel is now an old man, or an older man. Daniel spake and said, I saw my dream, my vision in the night, and behold, the four winds of heaven strove upon the great sea. Now the first vision, uh, one of four that are described in Daniel 7 through 12, was the most comprehensive. The, 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 the other three go into greater detail with greater framework. But Daniel could have given us more detail, but the Holy Spirit only wanted him to write down the main facts. You have to keep the main thing the main thing, right? It's really the difference between the way men communicate sometimes and women communicate, not negative. But if you see somebody at the store, and said, and, it's, and it's, I see Miss Vicky at the store, and she says, hey, David, tell Sharon, uh, we're going to go to dinner uh, fr Friday night. Okay. Sharon saw Vicky at the store, said, we're going to dinner Friday night. What time? Don't know. All she told me was we're going to dinner Friday night. What I'm supposed to wear? Don't know. Just said, we're going to dinner Friday night. Where are we going to eat? Don't know. Just said, we're going to dinner. You can call them. Uh, what did she say about that? Don't know. You, you, that, that stuff you don't get as guys. Right? Daniel said, I'm only going to tell you what you need to know because you don't need to know anything else. Right. Um, the, the first 
or the, excuse me, the, 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 the second thing Daniel does is he says, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the sea, excuse me, four winds of heaven, strove upon the great sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. Uh, this four winds, and it's the, Met the Met Mediterranean Sea, which, by the way, is a beautiful body of water. This idea Daniel's trying to communicate is that what I'm seeing is something is coming out of confusion and tumult. This is chaos because he talks about um, it being a what um, great wind, um, that the, the fight between the heaven and the sea. And he says, uh, the four winds of heaven. Some see these winds as a description of the sovereign power of God striving with men. You'll see that in Psalms 35, 5. Uh, the, 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 the Israelites believed that the, the sea represented man and this fight the sea always had represented God's striving with man. And when the sea was all upset and mad, uh, the, the Israelis interpret that as God striving with mankind, which is why you see the, the disciples are so shocked when Jesus comes walking on the sea, calms the sea, and, the, and they say, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? They put a lot of stock in the fact that the sea would be upside down, all right? Uh, these winds, as I said, describe the sovereign power of God. Uh, and here's what's weird to me. I don't know if, if y'all notice this. It says, and four beasts came up from the sea. What's weird about that to y'all? Uh, animals don't live in the sea. What's in the sea are fish and mammals, not, not animals. So you're saying, so, so, so Daniel's already early on grabbed your attention because that's incongruent. They have animals coming out of the sea. Animals can't, they don't have gills. They don't have a blowhole like a, like a whale. So already something's going on that's unusual, but it's not necessarily spooky because Daniel's going to help us understand what's going on. All right, let's look at verse, because now, now let's talk about the vision and the interpretation. Verse four. The first, the first what? The first beast that's not a fish or a mammal that comes out of the sea, that first one I saw, Daniel said, was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man and a man's heart was given to it. So Daniel has to have a willing audience or somebody's going to say, you know what, Daniel? I told you not to smoke that stuff. I told you, it's going to mess you up. That, bringing that hen and mixing that with that alizé, I told you, you, not, you can't handle it. Because this is odd. It's not odd to us because we're Bible people. We're used to this kind of, but imagine if you're sitting in a room at work and somebody comes in and says, God told me to tell y'all something. I saw a lion come out of the sea. And it had eagle's wings. Boy, if you don't go take your medicine <laughs> and take some PTO. Here's my point. 
There are things that God may be dealing with you with that if you tell the wrong people, they think it's odd. You can't tell everybody your dreams, Joseph, because sometimes it's just for you. Some things are corporate, not everything. Okay? All right? Let's go a little further. We only got a few minutes. Uh, I'm going to read four through six, then explain to you about them and and come back. So first was like a lion. Had eagles. By the way, if you, when you travel in the in the um, uh, in the Mediterranean area in Greece, you you'll see a lot of lions with wings. <clears throat> if you go even some art uh, places around Atlanta, you'll see lions <clears throat> with wings attached. That came from Daniel, because because man can't invent anything that God doesn't ordain. So when you see those images, that came. You'll see a lot of times on crests. You'll see a, a lion with wings. They, they, got, they stole that from Daniel. He didn't get any money for it either. They stole that from Daniel. Okay? Now, so he saw the first one, the lion. <clears throat> and behold, another beast, a second, like to a bear. And it raised up itself on one side. And it had three ribs in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. And this I beheld, and lo, another, like a leopard which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. Woo! This lion um, is like a beast, but it had his wings plucked off, but it gave him a man's heart. The Bible says it was given to it. Um, a little later, Daniel tells us these four beasts are four kingdoms ruling the earth. The first is the Babylonian Empire, represented by a lion and an eagle. Uh, this fits well into King Nebuchadnezzar's reign. Um, and by the way, in Jeremiah, you have to read the whole Bible. I use both the lion and the eagle as pictures of Nebuchadnezzar. The second, like a bear. A bear didn't have the majestic bearing of an of a eagle or a lion. A bear is just mean. A bear is strong. He crushes. That's why he got so much uh, uh, the flesh in his mouth, the, the ribs. But he's, a bear is just mean. And then the leopard is there because a leopard is known for its quick, sudden, unexpected attack. Y'all watch Animal Planet? I do. And the thing I like best is to see those sneaky animal attacks. Folks that think down in the water, drinking water, having a good time, listening to music, and all of a sudden, bam, that comes a leopard or that comes an alligator. Uh, they're quick. And so uh, that's the way the Persians were. Uh, the Medo-Persians, who were bears, were just mean. They were bloodthirsty. They kill you, crush you, and keep going. Now, um, um, Daniel lists these people in order of, that happened before they happened. As they took over Babylon, the Medo-Persians, the Roman Empire. The only way Daniel would have known that is if God told him. Because man can't see into the future. Like at all, man cannot see into the future. Unless God tells him. I'm almost out of time. Um, so let me f- finish uh, this. Uh, he saw the night visions, had a fourth vision. Uh, and by the way, part of this is occurring after Daniel has already, for, even though his job's at Jeopardy, has to go in uh, to Belshazzar uh, at, at a great feast. And guess what happened? Y'all know the first text message ever sent? The first text message ever sent was sent in Daniel. First text message. Meanie, meanie, tinker, you phrase it. First text message. God texted that to Belshazzar. You've been weighed in the balance and found warning. Your kingdom is required of you. 
That night, the, meat, the, the Persians slipped under the gate and took over. They were in there having a high old time. But God sent a text message. I don't want God texting me. I really had just talked to me, Lord. Uh, uh, the one I want, the last verse I want to get to in the one minute I have is verse 10. So I'm not going to get finished today because y'all slow me down. Um, Daniel describes this throne that he sees God in, and I want you to look at this verse 10. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him, God. Thousands, thousands ministered unto him, and 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The judgment was set, the books were opened. When we get to the kingdom of God, Daniel says, there's so many angels and so many people around the throne of God, can't even number them. John picks that up on the Isle of Patmos and says, there's a number no man can number. Here's the point of all of this, and we'll finish, we'll go to the rest part day next week. God is always in control. God has always been in control, and God will always be in control. Last point is, Jesus is Lord. You can take it to the bank. No matter what you're going through, stand for what's right. Stand up on your, prim, on, on your, on your principles, but know this. No matter what circumstance you're in, God's going to take care of you. He's going to come see about you, but Jesus is Lord. See y'all next week. Sorry that we didn't get a chance to finish it. <laughs>